Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. I'm your host, Dan Hoppen, and... Today, we're, we're diving back into the breakfast world. Now, we have entered an age of breakfast innovation where we see menus littered with items like cereal pancakes, red velvet waffles, and more kinds of avocado toasts than mankind ever previously thought possible. And to be clear, I love this type of innovation, as long as it's not gimmicky. And it's fun to see chefs and cooks get creative with dishes that everyone knows and is familiar with. But sometimes, there's simply no better way to start your day than with a classic well-cooked breakfast in a cozy location. And when those cravings arise, there is no better place in Omaha to visit than Lisa's Radio Cafe. And today, my guest is the owner and manager of that wonderful restaurant, Jennifer McGuire. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. And we're so excited to have you. This is like, I mean, this is this is really, really special because Lisa's is a place that has been a pillar of Nebraska restaurants Omaha restaurants especially, going back until 1938. To have a restaurant that's been around, I mean, we're almost going on, what, 80, 90 mm-hmm. years now. That kind of staying power is unheard of. Yeah. What, When you look at Lisa's, what do you think has given it that kind of staying power over all these years? Honestly, I've said it a million times before, it's the people. We have a great community over in the Joslin Castle neighborhood, being right next to the church, being just so close to everything, close to downtown, the universities, everybody there, our staff is absolutely amazing. It's the people that makes the cafe what it is. It's what gives it its staying power, its place in the community. It's all about the people. It's about our little family, our family of misfits that we've created, and just we love everyone there, and I don't know what we'd do without them. <laughs> family of misfits. Yes. What do you mean by that? Okay, so actually that was <laughs> A nickname that was given to our staff by my sister, Megan, actually, who you've met before. Um, It's just, we're all just a bunch of oddballs who come together, who love food and love hanging out together. So that's, we're just our little family of misfits. We've got all kinds of people from all over the world. The island of misfit toys. (laughs) I absolutely love that. Just brought together by a love of food. Yeah. I mean, what what more beautiful sentiment is there than that? And I think that that plays right into something that I wanted to ask you about right off the bat in that. Doing my research, I I went back and I watched some television interviews that you did, and there was one quote in particular that that stood out to me. You said, speaking of Lisa's, obviously, this place is my home, it's my heart. That's a really strong statement. What makes you say that? Well, okay, I grew up there. My mom was Lisa, obviously, and 
when we moved to Omaha, my mom was the manager there for years. So we went in there for years. I, we would go there from study hall and lunch breaks, all of that, hang out with my mom while she was working. We just, we grew up in that place. And then when she got sick and I had to take it over, I have four kids myself, so they come to work with me. My son was there with me every day until he started kindergarten. Same with my daughters. It's, it is my home. Um, Lisa, our other server who's been there since the day my mom opened the place, is kind of our other cafe mom, we call her. So she gives us advice on everything from restaurant stuff to family stuff to relationships. Like, we are a family, so it's become my home. It is my second home. I love that. That's so beautiful. So, yeah. That's <laughs> I do, I do want to get more into the background of how you grew up there and everything. But first, I want to continue kind of defining what Lisa's is in case, I don't know how anyone listening to this wouldn't know Lisa's and, and the backstory. But in case they don't, I want to make sure that they do. So something that's really interesting is Lisa's strikes me as a type of place where you have regulars who oh, come yes. in all the time. They sidle up to the counter, yes. and the waitress not only knows their name, but they know that they're order their because order, they're exactly there what they're every single day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh, th- there was an interview actually I was watching, and, and it might have been Lisa who you just referenced. She said like she'll look out the window and see someone walking in, and she'll be like, "Oh, I know who that mm-hmm. is." And not only will she recognize them and know their name, but she'll start putting in their order because she knows what they're about to yep. eat. Tell me about those regulars. Like, how how amazing is that to have people like that who are so dedicated to your restaurant that you see them day after day? It's so awesome. Like you said, we literally have one customer. He comes in. We just write his name on the ticket and give it to the kitchen. We don't even write down what it is. Everybody already knows. It's just built in. It's the Steve. <laughs> what does Steve order? He orders scrambled eggs with cheese and hash browns. It's his normal basic every morning. It's a good order. Just a classic combo, but, you know, makes him happy and we love that everybody knows it, and we have so many people like that, and people that come in and help themselves to coffee if we're too busy even. They'll get up. If their special table that they like is uh, dirty, they'll go and bus it and wait for us to come get them. <laughs> it's, it's a different atmosphere when you come into Lisa's. It's not your early bird or your other really awesome breakfast locations, but it's a, it's a down-home feeling where... Most people know everybody. The customers know each other. The counter culture, they all sit there and talk to each other. Most of my early morning regulars all know each other just from coming into the cafe. Um, During the College World Series, we actually have groups of people who have come in from all over the country to see their teams, and they have made friends. So now they come in every year for College World Series, and they meet their new friends from opposite teams. Like, It's just such a great atmosphere to have that homeness, I guess, for everybody, not just me. (laughs) <laughs> what does that mean for you? Because I, I I find it so fascinating. Like already we're like five minutes into this conversation and we've already kind of discussed like two almost families. There's like the kitchen staff that you called like the island of misfit toys. It's like a family. <laughs> That's the whole staff, not just the kitchen. Oh, the, it's the all whole of us. Yes, yeah, sorry. I'm not trying to <laughs> insult front of house. Front of house, we love you. The whole staff. And then you've got the customers as well that they've created. See, I feel like, like a they're family. included into it too, though. It's it's two families, but they're all one yes. big, like one big extended family. Yes, that is so incredibly unique at a restaurant. Just like when you think about that, when you sit there and like kind of reflect on how not odd, but like just unique, I guess, and uncommon that is. What I does know. that mean to you? To me, it means everything. It's the reason I'm still here. It's the reason why we're still doing what we're doing. Because 
like I said, we love the people. We love the community. It is about the food, but the food brings everybody together. It's about the people. It's about getting to know your neighbors, about being there to help each other, and just enjoying a good meal together, a nice hot cup of coffee at the counter, and making new friends. It's it's what I really enjoy about my business, about our business. Mm-hmm. Now, I think part of what brings everyone together is to me, there's just something very nostalgic about breakfast. It's so hearty. It's so homey. To me, it is the most transportive meal. Like, not to say that lunch and dinner can't take you back to being with your family or being when you were a kid, but something about breakfast, like, has that extra quality to it. Would you agree with that? I I would, definitely. I think a lot of that has to do with I mean, for me, like when we were able to have home breakfast at home, it was a big deal. Like, you know, the Sunday morning breakfast before mom started the restaurant. So I think that is the same for a lot of people. It's just not the morning cereal before school. Like it's the special meal. You know, you have dinner and lunch every day, but you don't always get to have a nice classic egg breakfast. So I think that has something to do with it, maybe. No, I (laughs) I think you're absolutely onto something. Yeah. When you actually were able to get the whole family together. Mm -hmm. That was a special time. Like Sundays after church or whatever time that may have been. Right. For the family. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking back. I remember we had this, it wasn't even special or anything, but this waffle maker. And any day that we got, like, it was a waffle Saturday or waffle Sunday. Yeah, or like always on, a special On day. Christmas, yeah, we'd open up our presents and then get waffle. Like, that was a special mm-hmm. thing for whatever reason. So, yeah, I think you're definitely right. I think there's something that plays into that. I think another thing that really has created that family at Lisa's is... There's just a consistency. You already mentioned it's a lot of the same staff, a lot of the same servers. Yeah. The decor doesn't change much. The menu doesn't change much. It is just consistent. People can expect the same thing Mm -hmm. every time they come in. And there's something just really familiar and welcoming about that. How does having such a solidified, defined personality create kind of that family atmosphere in a restaurant? Well... Honestly, the consistency, like you said, is you're not, we're able to know what everybody wants because our menu is our traditional breakfast menu. We don't have all the fancy, I mean, we have some fancy things, but not so many. So people know what they want when they come in there. So the consistency and just the old school vibe, the bricks, the just everything, it just makes people feel comfortable. It makes them feel welcome, makes them feel home, happy. I hope. (laughs) Yes, I I would definitely say that's the case. Now, getting into that menu, Lisa's does not have a bunch of crazy breakfast items, like you mentioned. There's not, you know, there aren't dishes dishes like created for Instagram, basically, where it's like, oh, this is something trendy. You know, this is going to get people in. It's just food that is cooked extremely well. Yes, we are all about comfort food. Yes. So to you, what is the value in perfecting the cookery of a dish and just knowing every time this dish goes out the window, it is going to be cooked to perfection versus always coming out with a trendy new thing that's going to maybe draw in, you know, the the social media mafia? Well, you know, social media and technology, like we've said before, we're a very old school diner. It's all very new to us. We, I just started like trying to push things on social media with COVID because it became a necessity in the industry. So as far as trying to make things trendy for Instagram, it's never really been on our radar. We, our main goal is to just make that food amazing. And we want people to obviously, it has to look good to taste good. So we do go for that, but trying to get the likes and making everything trendy is just not really a top priority of ours. We just want it to be good, comforting, down home food. I love that. 
And just to be clear, your food is very Instagrammable. Like when you post pictures of those cinnamon roll pancakes with that swirl going through the whole thing, it looks beautiful. Good. When, when you post <laughs> photos of the Titanic, which we're going to get to in a second, it's just like awe-inspiring and intimidating, but also just like, wow, I want to experience that. So I'm not saying that Lisa's dishes are not beautiful because they are, but they're not created for Instagram. They are created for, we want to serve you a great meal that's going to stick to your ribs and you'll maybe finish the rest for dinner (laughs) (laughs) instead of lunch. (laughs) So I want to get into a couple menu items and starting with the pancakes. I would best describe these things as a cloud crossed with a manhole cover (laughs) because they are big enough to eclipse your face. They are enormous Yet somehow they are so light and airy that they're not like they're not super heavy. You can eat a couple of these things without even realizing how much you're putting in your body. Yeah. How do you achieve that just fluffy texture on those pancakes? You know, it's just years of perfecting it, I would say. I mean, this all came from my mom. <laughs> my mom and the kitchen staff, they have this down to a science. So I don't really know exactly how they do it. <laughs> I just know they do, and they do a great job at it. So They really, really do. And maybe you don't know the whole backstory behind this, but I have to ask you about the Titanic. And for anyone <laughs> who's not familiar, this is a plate of hash browns topped with biscuits, eggs, chicken fried steak, and just like a boatload of gravy. Mm-hmm. Do you know the history behind that dish or how it came to be on the menu? You know, I don't remember exactly how it came about. I do remember my mom discussing names for it and the whole conversation about calling it the Titanic and all of that. But honestly, I think it was just a creation one day in the in the kitchen when she was playing around and that kind of stuff happens a lot. You know, you you get back there and you start throwing stuff into pancakes or you put stuff together and it just it works and it becomes a special. <laughs> and then the special makes its way to the menu. So, that's kind of how that happened, but it was definitely fun coming up with a name for that one. <laughs> now, uh, you mentioned your sister, Megan, uh, Megan mm-hmm. McClarney. She owns Omaha Soup Company and Gravy Train. Um, but she's involved with the restaurant. She's worked in the restaurant as well. She described your parents as very blue-collar foodie parents. Yes. How did they influence your love of food growing up? You know, my mom actually owned a restaurant in California, too. Um, So it started there before we moved to Omaha. We have just always been about food. Every family gathering that we have ever done has always been centered around the food. It all, like I said, it brings people together. So that's kind of the culture that we grew up in, always having a good meal on the table just to bring the family in and working hard in the business. And that's how I guess we started doing all this. When you look back at that and you and you think about all the good times that your family had around the table or how vacations were planned around, okay, here's where we're going to eat versus here's <laughs> what we're going to go see, well, what does that mean to you? Like, what, what does food mean to your life? Food is happiness. Food is joy. <laughs> I don't know if that's that might exactly... That the new tagline I for don't this know podcast. If that's a food healthy, is joy. Healthy relationship towards it, but... I mean, if you think about every event, every big event, weddings, college graduations, high school parties, all of them, they all have good food. And it's all very important. Like you said, when you go to vacation, you can't go to New Orleans and tell me that you're not going to go there for the food. Of course. (laughs) You go places for food. It's, 
it's a huge part of life and it's not only does it bring joy but it brings nutrition and sustains life and it's it my whole world revolves around food whether it's feeding people at the cafe or feeding my kids at home it's my whole world is wrapped around it. <laughs> You're talking to someone who hosts a food podcast yeah. <laughs> and is going on a trip in October and started looking at restaurants in April that I was yep. going to visit. See? So I totally, <laughs> I totally understand. get that vibe. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, I just agree. It, it, it has a way of bringing people together in a way that nothing else does. And I think it's because like, it's like the one shared human experience. <laughs> Everyone has to eat. Now, not everyone enjoys food maybe as much as you and I do, but everyone has to eat and everyone has food preferences. Mm -hmm. So they're like, we all have to do it. We may as well do it together. We may as well have a good time together. We may as well enjoy what we're yeah. eating. It just, it is such a communal thing. It's about thing. the whole experience. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now, you mentioned a little bit how your mom got started at Lisa's. She was a server. Yes. She worked her way up to a cook. Yes. She worked her way up to a manager, mm -hmm. and then she bought the place in 2000. Can you yes. kind of walk me through that process? Just how did all that go down? Because that's kind of a wild story. Well, okay, so when we moved here from California, she started working there, like you said, as a waitress and worked her way up and eventually became the manager. And then the business owners sold it, and the new owners went a new direction. So my mom left and started working for um, Lucent Technologies or something like that, working in their kitchen. And then a few years later, um, she got a call and they asked her if she wanted to buy it. And she's absolutely. So we came back in and I mean, she was only gone for a couple years. So it was just like welcoming her home. She already knew all the regulars, knew everybody. We put her name on the sign to let her know she was back, let everyone in the neighborhood know she was back. And the rest is history. <laughs> Other than changing the name, did anything about the restaurant change? Well, I mean, we changed some stuff on the inside because my mom's favorite color was always green. So we did a lot of green everywhere and not, not really that I remember. I was really young when all of this happened. So I don't remember much of the decor back then, but I know my mom brought in a lot of local artists and that's what we still have now to decorate everything. We like to support the local art community that way. Um... But yeah, I think she pretty much tried to keep it mostly the same. And that's what I try to do, too, because we like that old school vibe. We don't want to change too much. How yeah. old How old were you when she purchased the restaurant? Well, when she purchased it, I was 16. So when it, before, I don't really remember what the inside looked like. I was probably 13 or so. Right. <laughs> I was just a kid. So when, when she purchases the restaurant, does it become like family, all hands on deck, mm -hmm. everybody's just working? What do you remember about those early days? I remember decorating our little creamer pots and painting and playing jokes on each other. And <laughs> we used to have a lot of fun around. My mom was a big jokester, so we always had a good time doing family chores. But just a lot of work. But my mom always found a way to make it fun. Now, something interesting that... Megan said uh, when she came on the podcast previously, she said that your mom begged her not to have the life that she had. She oh. said, I would like to sell this restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever think about doing anything else or, or what made you stick with restaurant life? Well, actually, I um, did get my real estate license there for a minute. Okay. And I did real estate for a couple of years. But then when my mom got really sick, it kind of became... I had to choose one or the other because I do, I have four kids as well. So I'm very busy, 
but I had to pick between the restaurant and real estate. And like I said before, it's my home. So it was kind of an easy decision. I don't know if it was another restaurant, if I would have made the same decision. The restaurant industry is not easy, but I love Lisa's and I love it there. And yeah. When, when you were doing real estate, did it feel like something was missing? Yeah. Yeah. It's not as fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed showing people houses and being a part of their, their lives in that aspect. But for me, it's all about the food. It's about, like I said before, having that shared experience, being able to actually see them every day, not just for a transaction every once in a while, you know? This this is where I belong. Right. Um, a quote that I found, kind of going back and talking about that whole culture of misfits, uh, Megan, she said, my mom would often say that everyone deserves a second chance and that people who are misfits are usually the most interesting people. She really didn't care why people were alone or didn't have a place to be. She was more interested in sharing some laughs with them and living in that moment. I think that is just such a rich description of a person. How does that statement embody your mother and what she created at Lisa's? I feel like it's exactly the environment she created at Lisa's because that's exactly what we have there. We have a lot of people that we've given second chances to, sometimes three and four, you know, <laughs> but we always welcome people back. Always. It's, I, that's just the perfect description. It really is. Mm -hmm. We are a family of misfits. Everyone is welcome. And I always tell my kids, Every time they always call me weird, the best people are. That's <laughs> Who wants to be normal? Yeah. Normal's not fun. No. These people make life interesting. And yes. <laughs> when you talk about, like, what, what about them makes life interesting? Well, I mean, just everything. Like, we have certain characters who come in and just rant on about everything in their lives at the cafe to anyone who will listen. <laughs> and it's just, it's sometimes fun to hear those stories. It's sometimes, okay, we need to, we need to quiet down. <laughs> you know, it just kind of depends on what tangent we're going on that day. Um, but it just, there is never a dull moment with our group. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, you mentioned your mom, she, she got sick and she passed in 2016. Mm -hmm. Uh, at, at what point did you come back into the fold, leave real estate and come back to Lisa's? Well, I never officially left Lisa's. Even okay. when I was doing real estate, I was still there. I was still waiting tables. I was still helping her out. Because she actually, she got sick originally quite some time before everything really went downhill. So I didn't officially take it over until right before she passed. Okay. And how, like, how important is it to you to preserve the legacy that she created there? See, that was my mom's favorite word. It was always legacy. her legacy. Yeah. Yes. She wanted to leave her legacy for her family, for her kids, for my brother, my sisters, and everyone else. And I think that's really what she did. So to me, that's important. To me, carrying it on and being there for her, just trying to make her proud. Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about certified Piedmontese. Did you know that just 1% of all cattle raised in the U.S. is Piedmontese? Or that this red meat is so healthy that it's similar in micronutrients to Atlantic salmon and chicken breast? Rare, healthy, and most importantly, delicious. That's a trio that just can't be beat. I'm so confident that you'll get hooked on certified Piedmontese beef like I did that I want to help you try it. When you visit Piedmontese.com and use my promo code HOPPEN, that's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, you'll receive 25% off your order. 
That's 25% off steaks, burgers, brats, sausages, and even bacon. Yeah, I said it. Beef bacon. It'll change your life. Use my promo code to score a great deal and experience why certified Piedmontese is such a big deal today. And now, back to my guest. When the restaurant becomes yours, obviously, you know, we just talked about preserving that legacy. But I'm sure there's a part of you that over the years, you know, you've you've seen how the restaurant operates and there's probably been thoughts in your head like, oh, maybe maybe that decor could be changed a little bit or maybe this process could be just edited slightly so it's a little bit more efficient. How, when you kind of come in as the manager, how do you decide, here's what I'm going to change to update things a little bit and, and fit my preferences, fit what works best for me versus this is, you know, been an Omaha institution. It's been a family institution. These are the things I can't change. How do you balance those two things? Well, it's kind of hard, actually. Um, like, well, for instance, we are talking about um, doing some possible renovations next year. And when I talk to my regulars, you can see the panic in their eyes. What What are you going to change? <laughs> You're not going to change the brick, are you? You're not taking down the heaters? Like, because they don't want things to change. They appreciate that things have stayed the same. But, so... I do little cosmetic things as far as the decor. So, like, we've redone the carpets. I, I need to reupholster the booths again. I had that done right after my mom passed, but it needs to be done again. Um, just certain things like that. And we're going to do some minor renovations next year, mostly in the kitchen, so nobody has to worry, just to kind of improve our kitchen flow and stuff like that. And then hopefully um, upgrade our waiting room in the back as well. So nothing – we want to keep everything the same, stuff like that, but we're going to do some upgrading and, um, well, like you said, as far as the menu, like upgrading there, we've um, added some fun pancakes. Like you said, the cinnamon roll pancakes, while still trying to keep everything the consistent same that it was before, but still adding just a couple new fun touches here and there. I think you deserve a lot more credit than most people would think based off what you just said, because I think a lot of people would just say, oh, Lisa's is a well-oiled machine, you know, just keep it all the same. Just let that train keep rolling down the tracks. It's easy. You don't have to change anything. But that's not true. You constantly, you have to be innovating as a restaurant. Mm -hmm. You have to be changing things and moving forward. But you're in a place where people expect the same, but the same isn't necessarily what's best for the restaurant. Like, I I guess we kind of just talked about this, but just walking that line, I I just, I think that you deserve a lot more credit than a lot of people would give you. It's not easy, but I I agree with everybody on this aspect. I want to keep it the same while making it better functionally and just improving things as much as I can. Mm. So, um, One of the main things that people do expect to stay the same is the menu. They want those familiar dishes. Mm-hmm. They want their biscuits and gravy. Oh, they the want, classics will stay there. <laughs> they want the same chicken fried steak that yes. they've had for the past 30 years. Mm-hmm. Is it difficult not to tinker with those dishes and be like, well, you know, shoot, like we've learned so many things about food in the last 30 years. If we added X ingredient to the chicken fried steak, it could probably be 10% better or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is that hard for you to not? It is. Okay. Well, t- <laughs> I've actually tell me about done that. this before because, so I really personally enjoy my French toast. For example, when I make it at home for my kids, I put cinnamon and vanilla in there. Every time, my kids love it. I think it just adds to it. It's so good. I tried to do it at work, and my customers were very, very upset with me. (laughs) 
They want just the old school basic French toast. So I was told it had to go back to the original and I wasn't allowed to touch it again. <laughs> so that's why we keep our basics, but then we also add our extra fancy stuff sometimes. So that's when we get to play on the specials board, but our menu will stay the same. <laughs> What's some of the fancy stuff that you've played around with? Well, um, like our pancakes that we did um, well, a couple weekends ago, we did the uh, caramel crunch pancakes, which was um, cashews and caramel and white chocolate chips. Oh, come on. So that was fun. Um, just our different stuffed French toast flavors. We've done um, banana bread French toast, blueberry bread French toast. These are, this is where I get to play with my creativity is on all these specials. So I enjoy doing that too while keeping the consistency that everyone has come to know and love. Uh, where do you get inspiration for those specials? Everywhere. Everywhere. Um, my sister gives me a lot of inspirations. That girl is just a creative little genius. Um, <laughs> She's probably invented four new biscuits while we're having this conversation. She probably has. Yeah. <laughs> but she's introduced me to a whole bunch of people through the farmer's markets and just all sorts of stuff, too. So I, I do like to try and play around with a lot of local ingredients. I don't get to do that so much on our menu just because, like we said, with the consistency. But hopefully in the next year or so I'll be able to include them in our specials and stuff like that but inspiration is everywhere if you're looking have you noticed an uptick in people ordering the specials when you put something up on the board and it's like you know particular interest people are like hey you know may maybe I'm not just gonna get you yeah. know the classic bacon and eggs today but I'm gonna try this new stuffed French toast flavor have you noticed yeah. a, an uptick in that I have actually I have and I do think that that has a lot to do with um me trying to branch out on social media because I actually get really excited when I post a new special and somebody comes in and says, I want that. <laughs> it makes my whole day. But so I, I have seen an uptick in that for sure. And I do have some of my regulars that get excited with the new lunch specials and they'll try whatever it is, regardless of what it is, because they want to try something new. So we do have a nice balance as far as all that goes. That's awesome. And I'm really glad that you mentioned lunch because I, I wanted to mention that as well. Like we've talked almost exclusively breakfast so far but lisa's does offer lunch as well oh, yes i i just my brain just thinks of it as a breakfast spot because i think probably a lot of people do mm -hmm. but you guys do offer lunch we do I've, I've not actually had lunch but i've heard it's very good as well oh it is really good is is there a particular special that you've come up with that you're like really proud of or that you know you talk about maybe putting on the menu full time that you're just like man i would love to see that one on there because i think it would go over so well oh i have so many i actually had to um really fight to get those cinnamon roll pancakes on the menu <laughs> they they don't describe them for for someone who has no idea what we're talking about what are the cinnamon roll pancakes they are our our classic amazing pancakes with our cinnamon swirl goodness inside and then we top them with icing whipped cream and more cinnamon sugar on top it's decadent and delicious and definitely indulgent but in order to get it on the menu it was kind of a fight so <laughs> Because they just wanted to run it on special. We didn't, they didn't want to do the cinnamon every day. And so trying to get things on the menu permanently becomes an issue, especially because everyone's been there as long as I have. So my kitchen staff has been there 20 years. I've been there 20 years. Everyone's stuck in their habits. They're like, what is this? <laughs> you know? So I do have a lot of ideas, a lot of things that I play around with, but we'll see if it actually makes them to the menu. Are there other people in the kitchen who are, playing around with stuff and suggesting things or are they mostly pretty comfortable with just the classics and what most they're of doing? them are pretty comfortable with the classics gotcha um you've mentioned social media a couple times and just how you're trying to get more active on it but it's it's difficult to do it's hard to build a social media following it's it's hard to find time to do it i would love to dig into that a little bit because 
I hear comments and I hear, you know, some diners, I don't know if complain's the right word, but just kind of question sometimes. They're just like, man, why do restaurants not spend more time on taking quality pictures? Or why are they teasing out their special 30 minutes before it goes live? Like, if I would have known about this earlier, I would have probably come in and gotten that. Can you kind of pull back the curtain and just talk about how running social media accounts for restaurants is a lot more difficult than it looks like? It really is. Some people actually create this or do this for their whole full-time job. So trying to run a restaurant, create the specials, and get them posted can be a lot. So I'm excited if they're up 30 minutes before they go live. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I'm smart and I get them up the night before, but it's, it's not always easy. And a lot of times we create them that morning. So it's, it's what it is. (laughs) Social media is a blessing and a curse at the same time. What do you think of when you see places like going absolutely crazy with breakfast? And when I, when I talk about crazy, I'm talking about like cinnamon rolls that have been French toasted and you've done that. We've done that. You've done that? Yes. Really? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. That, that might be one of those specials that needs to go on the menu. Okay, so let's get even crazier than that. <laughs> it, like a breakfast sandwich that has hash browns as buns, or as I was doing research last night, I found some place that was offering a bacon burrito, but the bacon was the tortilla. Oh. <laughs> it, it was like a, a, bacon, um, a bacon lattice that had been cooked, and then a- eggs and sausage and stuff were put inside of that and rolled up. Do you think some of this goes a little bit, too far? I do. I think a lot of that is really, well, it's fun. And I, I could see doing it just for fun. I I think it's gimmicky. And like you said before, a lot of it's for Instagram or picture worthy type stuff just to get people talking. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's really a sustainable option. <laughs> it's it, because it's hard to always come up with the yeah. next thing. Like, great. You got a bunch of people to come in, you know, for one week because you had mm-hmm. this crazy food item that a is really like a slog on the kitchen to execute on. Now, what are you going to come up next week? Yeah. What are you going to come up next week? It does what are you going to come up challenge. next week? Yeah. Where Lisa's is kind of on the opposite end in where you always have those standards yes. that you can fall back on. So you might create a killer special this week that people absolutely love. Or if the special doesn't hit, that's totally fine. Yeah. Because they can Because our in. menu is our standard. That's exactly. why people come in. Yes. So they come in for the classics. The The specials are just icing on the cake, so to speak. They're just, they're the fun thing. But we are our, our classic staple breakfast. That's what we are known for. That's what we love. That's what we execute so well. Beautiful. Now, before we get out of here, I have two questions that I like to ask just about everybody who comes on the podcast. The first is, what is one thing about being in the restaurant industry that most diners don't understand that you wish they did understand? See, this one's hard for me because like I've explained before, our customers are a lot of regulars. So most of them do understand what we're going through and everything. But a lot of people don't understand just how hard the industry is, how hard it is on the servers, how hard it is. Just constantly people-pleasing everybody all the time. Even if you're not, how do I phrase this? If you're not in the greatest mindset and having to come in and make everybody's day, like that's what we're there for. That's what we want to do. And sometimes it's hard in the industry dealing and pleasing with customers, especially this day in the age, who expect above and beyond. 
who expect everything to be 100% perfect all of the time. We are human. We are flawed. We make mistakes. And we will own those mistakes and do our, our best to fix them and give everybody the best absolute experience. But some people just expect it instantly. Like, no, th- this makes total sense. Do you understand sense. where I'm going? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, th- there are things that happen outside of everyone's job that affect their job performance. For instance, like, I work at a church. If I have a, a fight or an argument with my wife on Saturday night, you know, I'm not going to be as friendly on Sunday morning as I would be. That has nothing to do with my job, but it's something that happened outside of my job that affects me. Or if I'm, you know, not, if I'm feeling, not sick, but just like, you know, not 100% and I think or it something. Does for I, everybody. Exactly. But, everybody. That, but that's it. When people come into a restaurant, they expect everybody to be 100% mm-hmm. on all the time. And a so, lot of times we have to put on a front. Yes, yes. So it kind of, it's it can be a challenge sometimes, especially in today's day and age with everything going on. It's, right. Everybody is on edge all of the time. And when people come out, they want to have the best time ever and everything to be perfect. And we want that for them. But sometimes mistakes happen. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think people should be very hesitant before just posting a review of a restaurant immediately after you leave. Because... You just, you don't know what, what what's mm-hmm. happening behind the curtain. Go a couple times before you make a definitive, yes. like, I like this restaurant or I don't like this restaurant. Because service might be on point 98% of the time. And then there's just those those couple times where something happens. At, and there's going to be those times. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it happens at every business. Yes. So. Every industry across the board, there's always those times. And. Just give us a chance to make it right. <laughs> that is, it's, that is w- a wonderful answer. I am so happy that you brought that up because it's something that I think every diner needs to hear. I need to hear it. I need to be reminded of that at all times. And then to to end this on a positive note, and you've probably noted this a couple different times through the episode, but just to be 100% clear, what is your favorite part about being in the restaurant industry? The people. It is 100% the people. I, I mean, from my staff to my friends that come in every day, my customers, my sales providers, all of them. I love the relationships that I get to make. I love the people that I get to meet. I, I get to be a part of the, a lot of people's best part of their day, coming in for breakfast and having coffee, the good way to start your day, and I get to be a part of that. And to me, that's, that's the best part. Can you imagine doing anything else? No. other than being a mom these are the only two things this is what I was built for so how do you manage a restaurant with four kids like that I don't know it's my staff I I have an amazing staff and I couldn't do anything without them so we are very blessed (laughs) well they all do a fantastic job you do a fantastic job because like to have that transition where your mom is you know managing and running everything to you take it over and there's there's not like that break. There's not, you know, no one could go back to 2016 and be like, oh, well, this was the moment where everything changed. No, everything has remained consistent. While you mentioned there are some upgrades and some innovations being made, but it's all very smooth. There's not any like jolts or any uh, interruptions. Lisa's is just so classic. It is delicious every time. I am a huge, huge fan of Lisa's, and I'm so appreciative, Jennifer, that you came on and gave us some time on the podcast today. Thank you you so much. It's been fun. It was my pleasure. Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us.
Ahura Media Production.